So I see conversational inter interfaces as a simple window into a bountiful inventory of different services. There's not a requirement to learn a UX for every single service that, that you might need as a user. You have one window into all of that. You can use one messaging app to uh, get weather information, to order a cab, uh, to manage your finances, all of the different functionality that bots and messaging apps can provide. That was Jason Brennier, another one of our new Impact Team members focused on messaging for business. And I have to tell you, this is going to be big for all companies and it's one of our new thesis areas. As you did with our last podcast on Security First, our own Ben Wild leads this interview and covers a wide range of topics that you should find of interest. These new conversational interfaces, automation, dare I say chatbots, and some of the underlying technology, including natural language processing. This is real now and is way beyond hype, so let's get right into it. Over to you, gentlemen. Thanks for joining us on the Impact Podcast, Jason. I'd like to get into your background, but before we do, perhaps you could share with us what you see as driving the adoption of these conversational interfaces. What's the backstory here? There's, there's just really this user fatigue around, around the use of uh, apps. Having um, multiple interfaces to, to execute multiple tasks. Messaging and conversational interfaces provides an opportunity to really have a single interface that's fully loaded with uh, all sorts of functionality on the back end. It gives you everything that you'd ever want in a single interface, and there's move towards the zero interface, making this conversational interface as frictionless as possible. Okay. Can you take us through your background a little more in terms of natural language processing and some of the things you've seen? I was actually trained as a computational linguist. When I started out, I was really focused on the sounds of speech and phonetics and then spent some time looking at uh, dialogue, which is how humans communicate with each other, the different turns that they take and um, kind of the dynamics of, of conversation. And uh, that kind of led me to you know, focus more on quantitative methods of, of linguistics and doing uh, corpus linguistics, which really focuses on recordings or logs of, of language data and uh, using that to characterize linguistic behavior. So that really involves collecting these large corpora and applying computational methods or quanti doing quantitative analysis of, of that data. A lot of the data sets that I looked at early on were recorded telephone conversations between strangers. Uh, so it was kind of fun to see how people interrelate and the kinds of things that they end up talking about. Uh, but, the, but then also uh, what words they use to talk with each other, you know, their prosody and intonation word choice and things like that. Back in those days, a large corpus was uh, considered to be thousands of messages or, or maybe even tens of thousands of messages. Obviously, these days when we talk about messaging, we're talking about tens or hundreds of millions of messages. What do you see from natural language processing that you think will carry forward into enabling these conversational interfaces? Some of the methods that, that were used to perform this type of analysis were natural language processing, which you've probably heard a lot about, uh, machine learning and, and statistical modeling. The dominant paradigm for um, this type of work and the set of algorithms that are most typically used now are deep learning. 
and those have been applied from to everything from syntactic uh, parsing, so looking at the uh, kind of word order and uh, doing a, a deep uh, sentence level analysis to um, actually building models that will recognize speech. Deep learning is certainly showing up in a lot of different places these days. Can you share some more specific examples of the applications of this type of language or speech processing that you've worked on and, and how those have evolved? Some of the applications that uh, I was focused on early uh, in my uh, graduate career were large vocabulary speech recognition systems. Uh, I built one system that was focused on recognizing uh, not just uh, English, but Spanish-accented English. I also looked at um, more of the speech output side of things, so building text-to-speech synthesis systems that would uh, generate computerized speech, kind of like the voice of Siri. And specifically, I was really interested in making TTS sound more natural and expressive. So I looked at prosody, intonation, uh, where people might put uh, stress on different words, which words uh, occurred previously in a discourse so that they should be emphasized or de-emphasized. And all of those things kind of fit into uh, what we called back then uh, spoken dialogue systems, um, which you're probably most familiar with um, in uh, IBR systems when you when you call um, for customer service with your internet company or your cable company. But now we're seeing these in a lot of other places, such as uh, Siri or the Amazon Echo. And uh, we're, we're seeing quite a bit of increase in focus on that type of interface and those types of systems. I also uh, applied some of these techniques for deception detection. And that was kind of fun because we actually had an opportunity to record people trying to lie to each other. Um, they were instructed to do this, but that gave us kind of the ground truth. And then we analyzed the different words that each of the participants selected in the conversation, how they responded to different types of questions, how they pronounced different words, and how they packaged information. Many of these things turned out to be indicators of uh, the speaker's state or um, kind of their intent to deceive in, in those conversations. And how are you seeing these techniques actually being applied to the state of the art in terms of conversational interfaces that are out there today? So these techniques have become more and more important uh, with the rise of uh, all of the different messaging applications that are out there and more and more conversational interfaces like uh, Allo, uh, Google's Pixel uh, device now, Google Home, and uh, many of the listeners may uh, also use Amazon Echo. Uh, or Siri. So we're, we're really seeing a need for the application of these NLP computational linguistic techniques just because we have more data and we have more conversations between humans that are mediated by computers and take place over the internet. So these language understanding techniques, they're not really limited to one particular medium, whether it's text or speech, are they? What about as text evolves, text interaction itself, how do you see that playing out? There's clear properties of messaging that have to do with language, but there's also been kind of the rise of many different interfaces that use natural language. And 
use these interactional properties of of language and this back and forth conversational style. And we're just, you know, we're beginning to see some of those kind of devices and um, products that that Amazon, Google, Apple are, are putting out there. But there's there's kind of these intrinsic qualities of language and the way humans communicate with each other that are captured or supported by the messaging platform. But we're also seeing, you know, as we see these other products, these other devices appear in the market, we're also seeing an enrichment of the the channel and enrichment of the, the way that, you know, humans have traditionally performed dialogue and communicated with each other. So we have more than just a you know, word-based or speech-based form of communication. We have a very rich visual form of communication as well. So we're having kind of these visual elements of emojis, stickers, uh, images, buttons, uh, even animated GIFs. There's integration of video and augmented reality as well. So all of these things now become part of the conversation, now become part of the mode of the exchange of information between the participants. So the richness of the dialogue itself is one dimension. What about automation? Yeah, a lot of these platforms started out simply to kind of facilitate that human-human communication, that text-based exchange of information. But that's given rise to what's become known as bots and chatbots. And this is kind of an automation layer that can either sit on one end of the communication, be kind of a conversational participant, or can kind of sit between communicants in in the conversation. And we've just seen a huge amount of energy and excitement around bots. Okay, so chatbots are all the rage. What do you see driving that interest today? A lot of this has to do with the number of users that are out there on, on messaging platforms and using the conversational interface now. There's tens of thousands of bots out there, many of which are available through um, a large number of bot distribution stores. We have over $140 million in funding since 2010 that's gone into chatbots. And it seems like the number of companies just keeps increasing and increasing. So many folks are, are focused on building out chatbots and service integrations for uh, the, these conversational interfaces. So where's the focus right now with these bots? Are they tackling the hard stuff that needs to be solved if chatbots are going to work? If not, what do you think is missing? Well, up, in, up until now, the focus has really been on building the chatbots and the platforms that they sit on. So lots of effort has gone into the different integrations, you know, building out functionality of those, of those bots, making sure they can talk to each other basically doing the the plumbing of of chatbots and these conversational interfaces. A lot of effort has also gone into kind of growing the user base and uh, allowing for kind of the extension of of this to a large audience of of users. And so you see features like social sharing. Uh, You see those bot stores where you can discover all the different bots that are there, uh, find the right bot for, for your particular task. But there's an, this increasing need to focus on, I believe, the experience that's created through communication with the bot. Um, these bots need to, to be natural. Um, they have to be um, intuitive. They have to really support the kind of communication that humans have been used to for thousands of years. Otherwise, 
the whole endeavor fails. <laughs> there certainly seems to be a gap between user expectation and chatbot reality. Look, um, can you talk a little bit more about the range of the types of bots you're seeing? Are they all simplistic or some of the automations applying language processing in a meaningful way? Right now, there's a lot of uh, trigger response bots uh, where you have keywords that kind of trigger a very specific canned response from, from the bots. A lot of the you know, bot applications are very system guided. So there's three steps that the bot is going to walk you through and the user basically doesn't have much input uh, on that except uh, pushing a button or saying yes or no. But we see, in contrast to all of that, um, some really sophisticated systems like Apple Siri and Google Now. These, um, these systems have really great uh, NLP capabilities. They have entire teams of PhDs focusing on the development of them, and they provide a much more robust experience for for users and and so users don't really know what to expect on the one hand they want everything to kind of behave like google now or amazon alexa uh, they want it to be very open-ended they want to be able to do lots of things um, but most of the chatbots that are out there can only really understand simple responses yes no responses and have a very kind of focused set of of services that they provide it sounds like a lot of the bot plumbing issues are being worked on. What about the language aspects of the experience design? You know, what sorts of things that bot, you know, could bot designers start to think about now that could really help make their bots more engaging? So while most of the focus has really been on, you know, building and growing the platforms that support uh, conversations between humans and bots, there's uh, also a need to focus attention on kind of the conversational design factors of, of the bots. And this has to do with kind of making sure that the communication between machine and human is fluid, intuitive, and natural. And this is where a lot of linguistics uh, and perhaps even editorial work uh, comes into the design process. So thinking about the language that your bot uh, is going to speak the language that your audience speaks, different dialects, uh, word choice, uh, the formality of your bot, uh, and then also thinking uh, a little bit more about the conversational context, the discourse, the pragmatics of the exchange of information between uh, the user and the bot. Okay, there's quite a bit in there around the idea of conversational design factors. Maybe you could talk us through some of the key design factors a little more. So one of the properties that um, you know your your bot should really have, and you need to think about early on when designing uh, a bot and designing a uh, conversational interface that uh, includes some kind of automation, is the language and and dialect of both the user and and the bot. So you really want to know what your target audience is. Is it you know the, is your audience mainly in the U.S. So U.S. English. Uh, if so, what region or dialect of, uh, of U.S. English um, should the bot uh, be able to understand and, and perhaps even produce? Or does the bot have a really clearly defined persona um, and is just consistent regardless of the audience that the bot is talking to? Another thing to really think about is lexical choice. Is your bot going to offer a user a sub or a hoagie? These are things that you really need to design into your bot in order to make sure that the users on the other end are understanding what the bot is talking about 
And it also allows you to kind of build the connection between the bot and the user. You also have to think about the style or genre or kind of level of formality of, of the bot. You want to understand the different conventions and etiquette of, of the audience that you're talking to. So if your bot is just meeting the user for the first time, uh, the bot may use a little bit more formal language. But if it's an established relationship, if this is kind of a personal assistant that you talk to every day, then it's, it's likely that you could get uh, a little bit more uh, informal and, and personal. Um, it really kind of depends on the nature of the business that's being conducted. A bot that's kind of a legal bot might be more formal uh, versus fashion bot. Uh, who might be very uh, artistic and, and use a different set of phrases and use a different set of uh, forms of expression. So it's also important to understand the discourse context in which your bot and the human are communicating. And discourse pragmatics helps with this. It allows you to kind of study and understand not just what the user is saying, but also how they're saying it and what pragmatic meaning that might have for uh, the, the task at hand or, and for conveying a message. Knowing if the user has asked a question versus made a statement or um, made a confirmation on an order or something else or acknowledge something that the bot has said, uh, being able to classify those different uh, dialogue acts is really important. And then also knowing if this is a direct or indirect request. So if the user says something like, I'm not sure if I want to continue my service versus uh, cancel my service immediately. There's a lot of, kind of hidden meaning in that and being able to kind of map uh, those two sentences to, to a particular uh, action is going to be really important. And that requires knowledge of discourse pragmatics. Pacing is also really important. This has to do with the length of pauses between utterances, um, filling those pauses with us and ums and things like that. Uh, and then also just kind of setting expectations with the user because depending on the context and the way that pacing is used, the user could interpret that as kind of an indicator of hesitation on the, on the part of the bot. It could be an indicator of misunderstanding in the user or just a general lack of engagement. So these are really important things to, to, to listen for in both the user's speech and in conveying in the, in the bot's speech. Okay, a lot in there to think about. So if we take it back up a level, why are you so excited about the space? What do you see as the key benefits of these conversational interfaces? The conversational interface is a totally natural interface. It doesn't require a ton of learning. You know, it uses a mode of communication that everyone is familiar with, that everyone engages in on a daily basis, um, and and have that most users have used for most of their lives. And and so it's kind of a differentiating property. Language is a differentiating property for the human species. And building interfaces, using conversational interfaces and messaging uh, in a way that taps into that really can enhance the, um, the experience for users. Okay, there's a lot of consumer examples out there. What about business apps? Are there business applications of this technology? Well, I see messaging as, as being a lot more than just a means for social interaction or uh, even within the business context, customer service. There's uh, more and more services that are uh, available directly in messaging platforms that are used on the day-to-day for businesses 
Um, for example, Slack. There's a lot of people out there who live in Slack 8 to 10 to 12 hours a day. And we're seeing more and more services available that include uh, connections into your CRM system like Salesforce, notifications for different business processes. There's even some concierge-like bots or virtual assistants that will weave a number of those services together. So uh, I see these platforms uh, becoming more and more integral to uh, day-to-day business and connecting perhaps one enterprise service with uh, another enterprise service. So is this really all going to be about bots? Although there's quite a focus on messaging and bots and it seems to be kind of driving uh, all of the interest in conversational interfaces right now Uh, it's not just about messaging and bots they're just kind of a manifestation of this greater kind of mode of communication between uh between humans and as we've seen kind of this evolution from you know telegraph to phone to fax to email to sms etc um we also saw a shift from uh, the phone line to the internet. And now computers sit between all of these different conversations and um, they're actually starting to uh, kind of facilitate some of those conversations. So we're seeing kind of the convergence of many interfaces. Um, We're seeing uh, kind of the channel uh, using both images and text and uh, voice, the number of products that support all that. But it's it's about more than just texting back and forth to each other. It's, it's really kind of humanizing the interface and making an interface that's physiologically grounded, that uh, is natural and intuitive to all of its users. And we're making progress towards that, but we're not, we're not there yet. And I think we're going to continue to see um, an evolution of all of these things. You just heard a great discussion around messaging for business and conversational intelligence. And as I mentioned at the beginning, our prior podcast was the start of these deeper dives into these emerging thesis areas. And there'll be a lot more in these topics, as well as a new one, how to apply artificial intelligence to create and improve business processes. Thanks for listening to the Impact Podcast. This is John Pryor.